Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending June 4th, 2021. I'm Chris Kyle. Today I'm joined by Chief Investment Strategist Eric Ristaben. Looks like you survived Seattle's minor heat wave earlier this week, yeah. Eric. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you know, we're the only people that complain when it gets into the 80s. So <laughs> I guess uh, I'm, I'm not one of those people, although it does have me eager to go back into the air conditioned office. So hopefully that'll be sooner than later. Jumping in, it's been a relatively quiet week in the news cycle following the holiday, although this morning did give us a few items certainly worth addressing. Today, we'll cover the latest U.S. jobs report and unemployment rate figures, recent manufacturing PMI data from Europe and China, as well as what to look for as equity markets breach former highs from a month ago. Starting from the top, fresh off the press this morning was positive news surrounding an optimistic jobs report and unemployment rate dipping below 6%. Unemployment is certainly a ways away from where we were during pre-pandemic levels, but what are some immediate takeaways from these May reports, Eric? Yeah, I think you ended with a good point there. We're still millions and millions of jobs away from where we were uh, before the pandemic started. So, you know, we're, we're at now 5.8% unemployment rate. We were down at three and a half before the pandemic hit. So there's still, you know, again, fair amount of slack in the employment, uh, unemployment area. So labor slack is present in the market. We think that's one of the factors that's going to keep inflation from really getting out of control in say 2022. Um, we're having higher inflation you know this year right in the beginning of this year mostly because of base effects that we're dividing you know this year's price level by last year's price level which was really low because we're in a pandemic and a recession. Um, so we have some high numbers there. We did see a little bit of that again in the jobs report. Hourly earnings um, were up about half a percent. Um, which, which is a pretty big increase and something to keep an eye on as it relates to maybe inflationary pressure. Um, the headline number was um, a much better number, but basically twice as good a number as we saw last uh, in April, very disappointing April in terms of jobs. Um, that number's now been revised to 278,000 jobs created in April. We have 559 created in May. Um, you know, in any other context, that would be a tremendous number of jobs and would have been a wildly, you know, uh, wildly good and positive report. Um, but we're not in normal times, right? Uh, the market was actually expecting something north of 600,000 jobs. So, but, but understand the error rate on the estimates of the last six months have been spectacular. The, the market just, you know, kind of guessing as to what they think the number will be because there's a lot of volatility and the numbers are so large. And probably the highlight of the jobs report and, 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 and very anticipated news for millions of Americans is that uh, restaurants and bars, just if you narrowly look at what happened to them in May, 186,000 new jobs just in those segments. So um, that's us getting back to our, our, you know, closer to our normal lives. And, and that's what we thought was going to happen. That's what we saw starting to happen in the first quarter. We saw it in April. And again, we're seeing it in May. Hopefully we'll continue to see that trend line come down for the unemployment rate. Now, in extension of what Brian and Abe covered last week in regards to business sentiment in Europe, Earlier this week, manufacturing PMI was released across France, Germany, the UK, China. Results were quite encouraging or even historic in a few cases. Is any of this a surprise and what does it mean for both business and the consumer? Yeah, it, I, I don't think it's a surprise, right? But it's always gratifying when very, very high expectations start to be realized. You know, you're going back to kind of what we've been saying is we're expecting 7% growth, GDP growth in the United States, 5% out of Europe, 
right? I mean, those are numbers that, you know, again, in the States, we haven't seen 7% since 1984. I, I don't even know when Europe saw 5% last, but it's been a long time, I can assure you. So, um, you know, in order to actually hit those numbers, you actually have to see the, the, the kind of the current economic data get better. And as you indicated, um, you know, PMIs across Europe in terms of manufacturing were strongly positive. The, the other thing that actually led to a really good number generally in the composite for Europe um, was services. So that same phenomenon you're having in the States, it, it's a little lagged from, you know, partly because of the vaccine effort in Europe, but services are now starting to come alive a little bit more in the European economy. Uh, you know, interesting to note, when you look at the global numbers, right? So the JP Morgan um, Composite PMI, Purchasing Management Index, came out today, um, and that composite hit a 15-year high. So, you know, it, it's not just U.S., it's not just Europe, it's not just China. It's kind of like the engines of commerce are actually beginning to fire um, across the board, which is good because uh, a lot of people's expectations, ours included, is that economic growth this year is going to be very strong. Um, it's good to see it in the data, though. Yeah, certainly. And equity markets are certainly showing some of that, um, especially now that They've been hitting new highs, and I think the best way to characterize them currently is perhaps frothy. Um, it's been four straight months of positive returns across most major indices. Any concerns on your end in regards to valuations, both domestic or overseas? So, you know, look, equities aren't cheap, but we're really early in the market cycle, really early in the, in the equity market cycle, really early in the economic market cycle. And, and as I've been saying, as Paul's been saying a lot, and everyone on our team's been saying is that, that the early part of the economic cycle is a powerful, powerful support mechanism for equities. Um, the reason not to be euphoric around equities is they're really, they're not cheap and U.S. stocks in particular are not cheap relative to the rest of the world. But, um, you know, so I think what you should be expecting is that equities to move forward, um, you know, a, a, a over the next 12 months, um, that they'll achieve their equity risk premium of 4%, maybe a little more, um, you know, maybe a little less, but if I were going to guess, it'd be a little bit more than less. Um, but, you know, you should also be aware that, 60% of calendar years, the market goes down 10%. There's a 10% correction in 60% of the calendar years. So when anybody ever asks me, should I, you know, be prepared for a 10% pullback in the equities? My answer is always yes. Because, <laughs> you know, if I say yes all the time, I win 60% of the time. So, uh, you know, you should be braced for it. Should you be doing something about it? I don't think so. Because predicting when that's going to happen is very, very difficult. And the reality is that early cycle, it's really hard to see a scenario where that 10% that ten percent dip actually holds for any length of time. Well, obviously, we'll continue to keep our eyes on results over the coming weeks and months this summer, but perhaps not too close as we'll be trying to reclaim this summer this time around as well for some fun <laughs> yeah. time. Actually have a summer. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And so with that, I know we're at the end of our time, Eric. Thank you for your thoughts and comments as always. And to everyone else, thank you for listening. Stay safe, be well. We'll see you next time.